host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are in this world, this is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, Monkey Fresh's own Joe Mariquin and other things he does. But today is going to be a great episode, everybody. I want to talk to Joe, and we're going to talk about how he's overcome challenges, both personal and professional and how he's ended up on top. So what I like to do, Joe, is have you introduce yourself to the audience, like who you are and exactly it is that what you do. And and then we're going to rock and roll. Hello, Max. Uh, Thank you. And first of all, thank you. It's a privilege to be on your show today. And I just want to let you know that I'm extremely blessed to be here with you. My name is Joe Marroquin and pretty much um, for the most part, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an investor, I'm a business coach and a life coach. And most importantly, I'm a father and a husband. So that's my entry point there. Awesome. Did you hear that, everybody? That guy's got some big roles, father, <laughs> husband, coach, <laughs> business owner. So Joe, what I like to do on this show, I like to start off by asking what are some of the challenges you went through? So we could talk professionally or prefer, uh, personal, mm-hmm. but I like to talk about both. In order to get to where you are now, right? And I know you've been married a long time. You've owned some businesses and stuff like that. Let's talk about what are some of the challenges that you have gone through, let's say personally, to get you to where you're at today? Honestly, um, it all starts with overcoming fear. You know, I mean, as we grow up, you know, get through our school age or school time, you know, we, we venture off into things we want to do. We start uh, pursuing our purpose and our passions in life. And uh, for me, it started with uh, wanting to be an entrepreneur. And unfortunately, I didn't know what I needed to know. At the young age of 18, you know, I began my first business. I started off by um, taking my financial aid check and turning it into my first little business. And, um, you know, I was fearless enough to do that. But what happens is a lot of times uh, you get overwhelmed with situations, challenges that come. um, And, you know, sometimes you fall victim to fear. Right. Well, especially at 18, right? And you're you're saying, so you're probably freshly out of high school, right? Have no idea what the world has to offer. And you go, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start a business. Mm -hmm. I mean, my hat's off to you because I know at 18, it was like, I'm going to the military because I have no clue what I'm doing. So um, talk about some of those challenges. What was your first business that you started and and Um, some of the challenges you had to overcome to get that started? My first business was in the automotive accessory business. Um, actually, a friend of mine got me uh, really interested in automotive accessories. He was very passionate about his automotives, automotive vehicles. And uh, we started hooking up our vehicles. And, you know, long story short, um, I decided 
you know, with that first financial aid check to go open up a little store. And, um, you know, at, being unexperienced, I had to learn things the hard way. Yeah, so um, one thing that I wish I could have done and which I am pretty passionate about doing nowadays is, is doing business coaching. I wish I had a business coach. And, it, you know, you've heard it said many times before that it's important to invest in yourself. That's the best, the best investment you can make is in yourself. Right. And, you know, I wish I, I would have uh, sought that route. It would have saved me a lot of gray hairs <laughs> and a lot of years. <laughs> but like you said, mm-hmm. but when you're 18, you like, I know mm-hmm. I, I had no idea what even what, what a coach was back then, except other than sports, right? Like football or, exactly. you know what I mean? So you're 18, you start this store retail, yeah, right? Retail. Oh, so Brick, yours was a retail store. store. Okay. Yes. At that time. Yeah. The internet was still fresh and new. <laughs> right. So, um, what were some of the things that you had to do to get it started? Like, to, so of course, right. Well, we know, right. There's marketing, there's advertising, right. Yeah. Or uh, back yeah, in all... those days, was, was it a lot of like word of mouth and going out and telling people about your business? You know what? You're absolutely right. It, it, that, that was a key the key way of uh, reaching your clients back back in those days, where it was you do flyers, you do uh, right. you know smaller marketing, more more uh, hands on marketing. And one thing that I had to learn to do was understand that um, I need to go out and get a lease at a, at the place that you know I decided right. to rent. And uh, you know, it, and you got to learn to understand what the contract said. So you know, just you know that part I was able to get through and uh, be be quite, you know, it worked out for me. The Good. next part was managing and finding vendors and working out deals and knowing how to talk to them, how, knowing how to approach them. And it's just a simple process, but you know, when you don't know something small can become something difficult. Right. And, and especially at 18, right. And you go to, you got to go yeah. lease a building, right. So, well, you know, you know, credit, they talk about credit, having all this and that right at 18, was it difficult for you to find a building? In the beginning, that would rent you the space, or was it easy? You know what? It was. It was quite difficult because I didn't have the credit. But the good thing is, my mom had a friend that owned uh, quite a bit of property in a certain part of oh. town, and she was able to open up that door for me. So that's good, though. And that's when that they say it's not what you know, but who you know that helps out in those situations, exactly. right? So, how did the business do at eighteen? How long were you in business um, doing that first one? We, we went through some bumpy roads. You know, I jumped in on a partnership, and then it just the partnership kind of dr- drug it down. Okay. And and while I was there, there was a, a major vendor who reached out to me and they're like, we love what you do. We love your passion. We want to bring you on board. Would you be willing to come aboard? So pretty much what happened is I left that business behind with my partner and I went ahead and just took that walk of faith and just uh, took off with them, uh, was able to um, help their company grow from doing just you know six figures to about eight figures in a matter of two years. So uh, we became the second largest uh, automotive lighting manufacturer in all of the U.S. And oh, wow. from there, uh, you know, things just took off for me as a on my business side. Sounds good, right? But people, I, I like yeah. I want you to let people know like. It's great to align with great people, right? But you have a partner, right? And like you just said, that partnership actually brought the business down. Like, what were some of those struggles that was it because you were doing most of the work and and your partner wasn't? What was going Uh, on there? There is is that balance. But at the same time, there's also uh, the understanding that when the the bigger you get, the more overhead you have. So as you grow, you have to grow accordingly. And you need to learn how how to build your foundation before you continue to grow. 
And I, th- I think as a young, young buck, you know, you're out there, <laughs> you know, trying to just, you know, do everything. You're trying to take it to the next level and there's no limit. But the thing is you forget to come back to the roots, to your foundation. Right. Cause you get caught up in the day-to-day business and your, well, you know, and stuff that's going on in your personal life. Right. You leave that behind. You, you start with a company, right. And you help them grow to eight figures in, in two years. Tell me, what what did that feel like when you knew that you were part of something bigger than yourself like that? How did that make you feel? That was actually pretty a, a pretty amazing journey because um, when I came in, you know, uh, they're just like, here, just go ahead and, uh, you know, get on the phones, right? Little by little, I started climbing the ladder. And as they saw what I could do as far as, you know, being able to... Um, communicate and talk and reach out to people because I had that experience in the prior position. Right. So as as I began to grow the business and I was just as passionate for that business as it as if it were my own. Right. So I was able to uh, drive that to a level where, you know, I was willing to do overtime because when you're doing something you love, there's, you know, work's not work. Work becomes right. fun, you know, and you become more passionate about the the job in your position. Right. I was just talking about to somebody about that because they were having this little like I like this but I love this like and I told them to follow their passion I said because if you follow your passion and you're doing what you love to do you will not work a day in your life because it's not work to you you know what I mean even when you're busting your butt it won't feel like it because it's something you love to do right that's awesome Joe so now I want to get into like some of the challenges you went through growing up right that led you to be an entrepreneur and right because it takes a a certain amount of as they call it grit to go off on your own like you said especially at a young age of 18 and um and do stuff like that so give us a little background or some of the challenges you had you saw or you faced growing up you grew up in Texas, correct? No, actually, uh, Central California. That's right, Central California. Now you live in Texas, correct? Now I live in Texas. All right. Um, so, what happened in your childhood that drove you to be- want to be an entrepreneur? I grew up in a small little town um, in uh, Central California called Visalia. Visalia has has a nice part and it has a rough part of town, and um, you know we grew up on the not so uh, nice part of town. <laughs> and you know, uh, we, we got a chance to grow up in the streets a little bit and, and get toughened up by the street. My mom was a single mother for the majority of the, of the time. And, you know, I mean, if, if I needed to do something, you know, I'd, I'd have to find a way to get to certain places cause she was always working. So, right. you know, I learned, I was in elementary school riding the bus here and there and everywhere, you know? So I was able to find things. I got caught up with, you know, the wrong crowd for a while Okay, and, um, you know, Luckily, I, I got into the sport of wrestling, and the sport of wrestling was what actually saved my life because awesome. uh, it taught me it taught me discipline, it taught right. me um, you know basic common sense. To be honest with you, <laughs> right. which is not common nowadays, but you know, right. um, <laughs> but taught me discipline, taught me how to how to be dedicated and focus on my goals. Right, and thank God for sports. Right, I mean, because exactly. guys like you and I, right, we could go either way. Right, we we. We have mothers, as much as they love us, right? They're working their tails off to to provide and put food on the table, right? So we don't get to see them as much as we should, and right? And we could go, you know, one or two ways, right? We could go the bad way or the good way, right? And so, you know, thank God I didn't totally go the bad way in high school. And like you, I found sports like wrestling and, and football, you know what I mean? That kept me somewhat on the straight and narrow. 
even though wrestling is an individual sport, it's also a team sport, like back in high school, right? Because each weight class is dependent on the other to do good, right? So they can win. And you know, in California, like wrestling's huge, you know, yes. or at least it was I'd like probably like you when you were growing up, right? You've, there's uh, Valsalia there. What's up there? Um, Clovis. Clovis. <laughs> See, you know, Clovis, yeah. uh, Calvary Chapel, who mm-hmm. always yeah. had a great team when I was in high school. Some of the challenges, like you were talking about, you you could have went, right? You start hanging around with some of the bad crowd. And what made you decide to wrestle to, what made you say, like, I got to do this instead of go hang out with these bad guys? Honestly, it was just, <laughs> I, I tried out for the basketball team. I was too short, didn't make it. And uh, yeah, tried out for the team, didn't make it. Um, and then I was just like, you know what? I could do this. You know, I, I was like, I'll, I'll prove them wrong that they, that they shouldn't have cut me. Right. So I went out, tried out for the team. I didn't know what I was doing the first couple of years. And I became passionate about the sport because I actually had a really good first season right. and from there on you know began to train in the off season in a off-campus uh, wrestling squad so i was able to do uh, freestyle wrestling as well and you know okay. that helped me continue improving and, and continue uh strengthening my discipline right so that's probably what helped you become such a strong entrepreneur right because you knew just like wrestling you know what it takes you know you can't I mean, I know from my wrestling experience, right? If you don't practice and work your butt off, you're not going to make the team, right? Or Mm -hmm. you may make the team, but you're going to get your butt kicked by your opponent, right? Because Mm -hmm. as the teams, like you said, you Clovis, Clovis West, all the, all these, and down here, it was like um, El Dorado and Esperanza, you know, all these other teams big down. And I remember watching um, one of my friends and, he had wrestled varsity since his freshman year. And it was funny because it wasn't funny, but it was sad. But it was always him and this guy from Clovis in the finals four years in a row. And the guy beat him by one point every year. Like, he, wow. you know what I mean? All the way to his yeah. senior. And it was the same guy, right? And this, and it was a big deal, right? Everyone would gather around on that mat and watch them go at it. And it was so, you know, I don't have to tell you wrestling's tough. Right. And um, yeah. because it's such a tough sport, I think that's probably what helped you become the man you are today. Right. Because of that yeah. discipline and yeah. the work ethic, the work ethic that you learn. Right. And being a wrestler. Um, yeah. Right. Because you don't just get handed a position on the varsity team. You got to wrestle off every yeah. week, you know, with the whoever's coming in. And um, do you think that helped you? Like you said, you've been married, right? You've been. You've been married a while, correct? And you have yes. children. Yeah. Yes. Do you think that helped you um, with uh, um, being a father and a husband? Not only absolutely. Just, not only just being an entrepreneur. Absolutely, because it, it helps with the balance. You you have to understand how to how to manage things. It's like like in wrestling, you got to manage your weight, and you got to manage your practice times. You got to manage. There's a lot of managing going on, so uh, you learn pick and choose your battles and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn how, how to, ha- how to handle things. I mean, yeah. you're going to be faced with things that you don't expect and you know, uh, you just got to be able to react quickly. Just like in wrestling, you got to react quickly. Yeah. Right. Cause we know when you're in a wrestling match, there's no like saying to your opponent, Hey, can you hold on a minute while I figure out this next move? Like they're going to look at you like what, right. Yeah. Everything is split second timing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, so being a married man and a parent and stuff like that, what do you think some of your toughest challenges are with that? Because that's the most important job, right? You being a father is probably more important than you being an entrepreneur or anything, right? 
because mm-hmm. you have Absolutely. to lead by you have to lead by example. Um, so tell the audience like some of the challenges you have faced as a father. Um, well, I mean, I, I would say uh, you have to be ready to um, for the unexpected. The kids are the priority. You know, yes. they come in, but you have to know how to how to balance things and prioritize things. And it, it all starts with prioritizing your wife and right. then prioritizing your kids. Because if you don't have that sequence in order, you, you don't have the structure, the foundation to be able to run the family as a family. Right. So, I mean... I know we run into challenges with, you know, time balancing and, you know, managing, you know, I got, I got stuff going on with work. I got stuff going on, uh, you know, in, with investments, I got stuff, I got, I got a lot of things going on all at the same time, but it's all about, uh, being able to manage and understand why you work, why you're out there trying to do the best for your family. And, and the reality is, is, is you're out there in pursuit of happiness for your family. Right. You and I both understand, right? The golden rule, right? Happy wife, happy life. So <laughs> show, show those yuppie smiles. I get that one. But you're right, right? It's prioritizing, right? And, and and you know, because the role of a father is obviously different than a mother and stuff like that. You're the, the father and mother, though, are what are the glue that holds the family together and just those challenges alone. Right. Like you said, especially with you, right. You're a, a business coach, a life coach, an entrepreneur, a business owner. Sometimes I go like, how do you guys do that? That's a little crazy. But then I think about it. I'm kind of the same thing. Cause I'm a podcast host. I'm a recovery coach. I'm a counselor and I'm a husband and a grandfather and to find balance and uh, all those areas sometimes, as you know, can be a struggle, right? Because you want to do the best for your family, right? But sometimes you have to sacrifice that time so that you can make sure your business is running, like they say, on all cylinders and Mm -hmm. that you can provide the life that you want, right? So, you know, I want you to tell the audience like some of the toughest challenges you've had as a father and a business owner and, and, and maintaining that balance uh, well, you've heard, heard the saying more money, more problems, right? Right. So, <laughs> you know, you bring yourself a plate full as you develop and grow your family. There's bit different needs, different need needs and different, uh, expectations. Right. And, uh, what happens a lot of times is, uh, we get caught up in our same usual routine. And as our family evolves, grows, then we need to learn to adjust. And that's one of the things I help with some of my uh, people that I do life coaching with is I actually help them in being able to structure and organize their priorities. Okay. You need to know what you're, what you're prioritizing and you need to build that foundation and that structure. You know, you have to be able to block off time or, Hey, you know what? After this, this time, I'm not taking any business calls at, you know, seven o'clock at night when I'm at home ready to have dinner. You right. Know, you got to learn to balance, you know, every situation is different based on, you know, your schedule, your, your business and, you know, your family's age and, and type. But that seems to be, you know, one of the biggest struggles for a lot of entrepreneurs is being able to ba- balance their family and their life. Right. I mean, and you and I belong to the same group, right? And we've heard it in that group right like work-life balance is not true it's it's hard and right and you know you get the one train of thought where it's work your butt off right so you can provide that that lifestyle for your family and then there's the other ones that say well how do i take care of my family without neglecting them because that can be right because at the end of the day right it's your loved ones that you go home to right and we know we got to do a good job but it sounds like you and your wife work as a team well together. So 
but I know there's challenges being married, right? And you you're trying, she's taking care of the family, you're trying to take care of the business and find time for each other. So how do you guys yeah. as husband and wife find that time to spend quality time? Cause like you said, you got to actually block time out. So you have time yeah. to do that stuff. So how do you do that, Joe? Uh, personally on, on, on our end, uh, I like to uh, walk off Saturdays completely. Like there's n- nothing gets in between on Saturdays. That's, nice. that's our family. That's uh, my time with me and my wife. And um, you know, and then sun- Sundays we, we do, we do a half day. So I, I give them a, a day and a half full attention of my time. And then we both are, um, pretty much go getter so we like to get ahead of head of the week right. at the end of the, on Sunday and try to just get a little good head start but i mean for the most part i try to block off that time and i try to block off you know at least an hour a day for the kids during the week how many kids have, do you have if i may ask uh, two two at two. the moment boys yes. girls two girls oh you got two daddies girls huh <laughs> so you know that's yeah. tough yeah they always probably want daddy's attention um yep. and i like i said that can be a <laughs> are they teenagers yet? Or are they still young? Uh, one, one's a teenager, one's an elementary. So, oh, okay. So you got best two, of both two different, worlds. two different phases, two different ages. So, right. And those the dreaded teenage years, right? When we thought we knew yep. it all. Now you got two daughters. <laughs> you know they're gonna tell you. Yeah, now now, now I get payback. Right. Exactly. Right. All those times your mom said, "Wait till you have kids. They're gonna. I'm gonna have my revenge." Um. Anyway. So, but that's awesome though that you um share that with the audience because we have to realize if if we want to have good relationships right and get over those struggles we got to block out time for our families and and show them that you know we're not all business that we do care about mm-hmm. them and that they have you know daddy's attention or you know husband's attention and so thanks i mean that's some good stuff like a lot of people need to know that being an entrepreneur entrepreneur is not always as easy as it looks like they make it look on TV, you know, with all the, whatever, you know, Hollywood and stuff. So thank you for sharing that, uh, Joe. Um, so what I like to do too, right. And when I came up with the name of my book, fearless happiness, as you can see the why there, I like to ask my guests a couple questions, right? So fearless, what does fearless mean to you? And what, how does that show up for you? What does that look like in your life on a daily basis? For me, uh, fearless is, is understanding understanding and having faith. So the definition of faith is being able to believe without seeing. Right. And um, in able, for, for you to be able to be fearless, you have, have to be able to have faith to walk through the trials, the challenges, and everything that gets thrown at you in life. Without faith, you don't have you don't have much to stand on. Faith is your foundation, is what drives you, and faith is what keeps you standing, even in the darkest of days. So absolutely. And I could not agree with you more, right? I couldn't walk through fear if I didn't have faith backing me up. You know what I mean? Like, especially being a father, right? Because I tell my kids, hey, you just gotta have faith. You gotta go do it. But if dad's over here cowering, they're gonna look at me like, what is he talking about? Right. So thank you for sharing that. That's that's that really hit home for me and reminded me of um, right why I do the things I do. And a lot of the times I do it, it's not because I know what the outcome is going to be. It's just because I have a lot of faith that if I do the work, it's going to turn out well, right? Just like Joe and I, right? We tried to connect before, right? We were having audio issues. We were having video issues. And right, I knew that if I just practice my faith and, you know, we put it all together and here Joe is with his new headphones on and we're having an awesome conversation. So I really appreciate you taking the time to come do this, Joe. And, and thank you for that, um, that sharing of what fearless means to you. So the second half 
of my questions, number two, is happiness, right? You see, I put the Y there. A lot of people say you spelled it wrong. I said, I know I did it for a reason. So knowing I put the Y there in happiness, what does happiness mean to you? Uh, Happiness, the first thing that comes to mind is um, being able to think less of yourself and more of others. And the way that comes from is... um, comes from uh, having purpose and seeing and finding and understanding that you're called to be more than just what you want to be. It's not about you. It's, it's about what you can do for others, meaning leaving a legacy. And when you, you're able to find your purpose into how you're going to leave a legacy on this earth is when you truly discover happiness. Ha- happiness is discovered through um, finding your purpose. Because when you find your purpose, you begin to just actively walk in that purpose and being able to, to give back to others, to be able to freely give without sometimes even knowing, you know, because it just becomes a part of you. And, uh, one, one great quote that, um, I love to share with everybody is, um, the late, great, uh, John Wooden used to share with people. And he used to tell mention, he used to say, be more concerned with your character and your reputation because your character is who you really are. Reputation is merely what others think of you. And so, I like that. So, you know, that's one thing that I always uh, strive to always examine myself on is where am I standing? Am I standing within character um, or am I or have I fallen off? And that's, you know, as long as I'm standing within character, I'll be able to find that true happiness inside me because I'll be fulfilling my purpose. There you go. I love it. I love that. That's exactly it. Right. Reputation is what people think of me. Mm -hmm. Right. But here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you like what I learned when about reputation, right? And then I had a mentor told me, he goes, it doesn't matter what people think of you. It's none of your business anyway. And then along the lines is what he took. Then he got into the character part. It's about your integrity and who you are showing up every day. And what are you doing when no one's looking, right? That's what counts, right? Exactly. And you and I know both as fathers, we got to be that guy. Where we're the mm-hmm. same person when you're not looking as the same person that when you're looking right. And we're going to do the, We're going to do what we say, say what we mean. And um, so I appreciate that from you, Joe. Those are some amazing answers, right? Cause right. As you can tell in the world, there's not too much of that going on lately. If you watch the news a lot, which I don't, but when I do, I see this stuff, you know, so I'm thank you for that answer. So before we part, right. I always like to ask, if someone wanted to work with you, Joe, whether it's life coaching, business coaching, or how do they get a hold of you and how can they work with you? Where would they find you? Uh, you can reach out to me at uh, real underscore Joe Marroquin on Instagram, or you can reach out to me at Joe M Marroquin on Facebook. And uh, feel free to shoot me a DM and we'll get back to you and we'll reach out to you and be glad to help you out with any of your needs. Awesome. Before we part ways, my friend, this has been a great interview. So thank you for coming and being a part and putting up with with me. And uh, thank you for having a great conversation with me. But one thing I want to ask you before we leave, what is one piece of advice you could give my audience that will help them grow as a human being and become a better person? What was, what was, what is the one piece of advice you could give them? I would say seek purpose first and everything else will follow. Oh, wow. I like that. Right. That's kind of along a line of friends. A friend of mine taught me is to learn to live in purpose on purpose. You can't go wrong. 
and here's why I, I, I'm glad you said that, right? Because I had a, a previous guest that said the same thing. He goes, you know, what keeps people going is purpose, is knowing they have a purpose that will keep a person going more than love or being wanted than anything is knowing they have purpose. So thank you for sharing that with us, Joe. Is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Allow that purpose to leave the legacy. So thank you for joining me today, Joe. Um, it's been an amazing time with you. And uh, hopefully we'll get to do this again. And by the way, audience, you got to check out his Monkey Fresh. My car smells so good because of his Monkey Fresh, his air fresheners and stuff. So if you learned something today, please leave a review. And until next time, I will see you all later. Have a great day, everybody.